Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A couple of months ago, one of our producers, Steph Brown, started asking the Vice News Reports team some questions about dating. She was on a mission to understand what was happening in her personal life by talking to people who have experienced getting back out there after a heartbreak. So she went on a journey, and today on VNR, Steph Brown is going to reveal the answers she gathered about what it's like to date right now. So I'm sitting on the beach, and I'm reflecting on the last month when I had COVID, got dumped, and then evicted in a week. My dad sent me this text message, and I just keep going back to it, so I'm going to read it. Dear Steffi, an old poem, drinking apple slices in a wine glass backwards, a postmodern love poem for Bernie's unrequited love chipmunk. Bernie was his college roommate, and Chipmunk was his first love. And this is my dad's poem. I cannot welcome you with open arms, for I too frequently have found you wanting me too much. Alas, this apple has lonesome grown for that sweet liquid in which it was so recently afloat. Bernie found the love of his life after breaking up with Chipmunk, who never gave him the time of day. But his next love was mutual, and they moved to the Midwest and raised trees, presumably happy ever after. So I predict, will you, after opening your heart, and another, at the same point, ready to fall when you do, forever. Hope you are surrounded by love and friendship. All my love, Steph. Need to see you soon. Passover? Question mark? My dad sent me this text because I was not in a great place. After seeing this guy for three months, I wanted to move to the next phase, so I tried to define the relationship. And instead, he broke up with me. So defining the relationship to me is like, hey, what are our expectations going forward? Like, what do you expect of me and what should I expect of you? Pop culture, Western culture is when you put the ring on it. When I first got into the relationship I'm in now, all my friends, they were having that conversation. Of like, what are we? Are we exclusive? Are we serious? For me, I feel like there isn't necessarily a conversation. I like keep showing up every day, um, like tap, tap, another door. And so it was never spoken about what we were until I was leaving. India and I just remember crying and he called me and he was crying and it was like all of a sudden we realized that we needed to like figure out what this was and like have some kind of definition it's it's just like a feeling it's not a conversation of just like oh I don't want to I don't ever want to lose this person 
The thing about dating is while we're all having similar experiences, it still feels so personal, so unique, and so isolating. I wasn't ready to get back out there after my breakup, have a go wrong again, and then be forced to ask myself if I could be the problem. So I decided instead to use the arsenal of vice to investigate my personal problems. I wanted to follow someone else's dating experience, a person like me, but a bit braver, who was also looking to meet someone. I wanted to see if being a fly on the wall of their journey could give me perspective. I also wanted to understand how other people were thinking about timelines, intentionality, and quote, settling down. Maybe it was a way to heal from my own experience, to get out of my pit of sadness and get lost in other people's stories of love and dating. And so all these questions led me to a lot of people, who you will hear from as a sort of Greek chorus throughout this episode. So Steph, here you go. My name is Kyle Murdoch. So my name is Jordan. My name is Ashley Gleek. My name is Jackie Morris. And also one person who I knew was just adventurous enough to let me play puppet master with his love life in an attempt to find answers about my own. A guy named Taji. And I think this is Taji's backpack. Oh, I see. He's waving. Hey, Taji. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? How was your commute? It was good. I'm Steph Brown, and today on Vice News Reports, we are talking about a summer of love. Whether it's the weather, the music, or the school's outbell ringing in our heads forever, we've been conditioned to believe in the romantic power of summer. But there is a new problem summer faces. Just take a look at our feed. It's all coups and extremism and catastrophe, which is putting a bit of a damper on the romantic power of summer. So fresh off a breakup, today's question is simple. How the heck do you date when everything is on fire? So we just came off the beach. We walked about like truly two minutes. And we're in one of those, like, these look like family homes. Like, it's very suburban over here. Yeah. And residential. And there's many families. It's a lovely place. It is. Like, I met Taji for the first time at his apartment on the beach, about an hour away from New York City. He had just emerged from the ocean with a full wetsuit on and a surfboard in hand. With sunscreen on his nose, he waved energetically frantically telling us about his friend who he is surfing with and his summer morning routine. Right now I'm uh, rinsing my surfboard. I have a really good system going. Where uh, As he walked us to his apartment. Oh, yeah, come on in. Thanks for meeting me on the beach. When you guys get in, you can just take your shoes off. Yes, of course. Taji is 32 years old and born and raised in New York. He's worked for Vice for 13 years. Hey, what's up? This is Taji, and this is Blunt Reviews, the weed travel show where we review various activities to do while you're high. Doing all things from shooting and producing to hosting his own series. I'm heading south right now with a group of skaters. We all don't fuck with racism, and we're going to go skate some Confederate monuments in a form of protest. 
Taji grew up chasing this kind of adventure. I'm pretty close with both my mom and my dad. We're all from Lebanon. My mom and my dad would both take me skating all the time, you know, when I was young. So I grew up around a lot of older um, people when I was just a kid. We would basically meet at 10 a.m. or something at the Brooklyn Banks or somewhere, and we would just skate all day long. But then as I grew older, skateboarding becomes like mixing more with parties and things like that, drinking, smoking pot, that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden you're hanging out more and you're not skateboarding. And I feel like at that point is when I start to have an eye for, um, I guess you could call it love. Maybe at that point it's not actually um, love, but you know, some sort of... uh... Taji dated around in his 20s and progressively his relationships got more serious. His last relationship was around two years. They met on Instagram, moved to FaceTime, and eventually she moved to New York. And they moved in together. He told me they drifted apart because of, quote, distractions. Basically, social media, work, and a lack of trust. He talked about how they would find themselves physically in the same room, but mentally miles apart. Just constantly doom-scrolling and sucked into the nightmare headlines. In a lot of ways, we've both had similar dating paths. But my reaction to relationships ending, healthy or not, seems to be reflect, recover, and get back out there. But Taji told me, especially after his last breakup, he's just been more comfortable being alone. Um, So are you dating right now? Um, I'm not dating at the moment. Living by the beach is definitely a little tricky when it comes to dating, just because it's been pretty slow, and I don't really like putting myself out there too much. I'd say it's been over a year since my last relationship. I don't know. I like wasn't like really dating that much anyway. And then COVID really, you know, pushed me over the edge in terms of wanting to uh, settle down and have a relationship like that. I definitely resonate with COVID pushing Taji over the edge in terms of wanting to settle down. I'm 28, but I feel like I've aged 10 years in the last two. (laughs) For one... In the past year, four of my five siblings have gotten engaged or married, and the other one is already married with three kids. So yeah, I'm the one who gets asked at the family gatherings if they are okay. And even though we are still living through a pandemic, I am feeling the pressure. Uh, My name is Janet. I'm 34, and I'm in New York City. COVID has changed our relationship in so many ways. You know, during lockdown, I was alone in Brooklyn at the time, and he really convinced me to stay with his family in Massachusetts. And I really got to bond with his family and really get to know him. And then we, you know, coming out of that, we were like, let's move in together. And that was sort of like the best decision for both of us. I've never really found comfort in the saying, you will fall in love when you least expect it. Sounds super annoying for us expecting it. So with the permission to take Taji out of his comfort zone, I established a quest. To lose the dating apps, forget the hope for a meet-cute, and to do something neither of us had done before. And since removing the dating apps made me feel like I was helping him date in the 1900s, I leaned into that feeling and found something more traditional. 
a matchmaker. Hi, Taji. It's so nice to meet you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Nice to meet you, Simone. Thanks for uh, taking the time to chat. Simone Grossman is a matchmaker for 3 Day Rule, an exclusive matchmaking company that works with people across the country. The name affirmed my hope for a traditional method, since it's alluding to the outdated rule that you have to wait three full days before calling back a date. A rule I would say now should be closer to one day max and make it a text, unless something serious happens, like you got in a car crash. Since matchmaking is exclusive, it's expensive. A little under $6,000 for three months and under $10,000 for six months. We did not pay them to help Taji. Simone told us that their clients are, quote, pretty typical busy professionals. But she does not give that energy. She is patient, warm, relatable, and quirky. She's the kind of person where if you're going to have someone set you up on a date, you trust her because she's reliable and seems to have a lot of friends. Her constant optimism is a reminder that the dating process does not have to be full of doom and gloom. Okay. (laughs) Heard. (laughs) If you make me, I'll do it. Okay, no one will make you, I promise. Um, uh, And doing things through a matchmaker like Simone, it theoretically erases all the possibilities of ghosting, breadcrumbing, love bombing, and catfishing. Someone is there to protect you. Are you desirous of a monogamous relationship i think that would be for the best um for sure she explained to us the process and learned about taji's background and then she got right into the good stuff okay uh rapid fire do you drink socially not really i used to drink but once in a while now but i don't really like it too much Allergies, pets, or dietary restrictions? Um, no pets, but I do like animals. In particular, I prefer them in the wild. Would you be comfortable if I set you up with someone who does smoke regularly? Yeah, I don't really mind. I don't really judge anyone on, like, what they do. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have a type, physically? Not really. Um, if you don't have a type, what are qualities that draw you to a person? Uh, I don't really like people who have to be, like, doing something all the time. And, like, maybe someone who's down to, like, go camping or something would be cool. Okay. Do you notice, like, how people dress? Um, I like people who have good style, but, you know, nothing necessarily over the top. Honestly, I felt like Taji was Goldilocksing. He would date someone religious, but not too religious. It stressed me out because I do this. Assert that I'm also open-minded and non-judgmental. Partly because I think that's what a good person is supposed to say. It's scary to say what you actually want. And listening to Taji, I couldn't tell if he felt the same way as me, or if he had actually reached this mecca of open-mindedness. At this stage, I just assumed he was being polite. Taji eventually did explain some of what he learned about himself from his past. Like how he would want to cook and do yoga with someone. Taji's a bit of a homebody, and he isn't that interested in being with someone who wants to go out all the time. Okay, great. So I think a deal breakers are people that don't ever want to leave Manhattan. Yes. Someone that doesn't have a good work-life balance, and then also who is like a big party person. Yeah, that seems like three things that would probably create some difficulty. Great. So I know that you will be um, 
you're about to go on vacation, but I will be working while you're uh, traveling on finding a match for you. Simone spent the next few weeks sending Taji's bio around to people in her database and inner circle. But we didn't want to just sit on our hands while she worked. So I caved, and I asked Taji to open up his Tinder. At the very least, it would show me more about what he's into. So I'm logging into my Tinder, which is something I have not done in a while. It's uh, quite hard to get matches around here. Okay. I'm not going to get a match anyway. (laughs) Oh shit, I didn't even mean to swipe left on that person. (laughs) Fuck. I'm bad at this. Ivana, she looks fucking cool. Um, She's 5'10", though. I'm only 5'8", I don't know. I feel like the fact that she mentioned her height, too, she's probably not going to like that I'm 5'8". But, (laughs) but I'll swipe right anyway. I don't think I ever connect to my Spotify. But I'd have Bad Bunny probably if I did. This person I might not swipe right, even though I appreciate her burner account. Then KT, who looks fucking cool. She's a freelance photographer, which is cool. She could take photos of me surfing. I also like that she has an entire list about her. Mm. Meditation. I haven't meditated, but I would be interested in trying that. She likes coffee. Oh, the beach year round. This person is perfect. Too bad I probably will never match her. No hookups. She could be the one. Oh, see? Taji only opened up his Tinder because I asked him to. He was reluctant to go back to online dating because it was a tired method. But also, he'd had some bad experiences. I would just say um, I haven't had many issues in terms of uh, my serious relationships with being Lebanese. Um, But I think when it comes to dating apps, from my experience and just from talking to other people, sometimes I don't know if you get as many matches if you're an Arab man or perhaps any person of color, potentially. Taji swore off Tinder and other dating apps because of the racism he had experienced. There are stats on the racial bias of the algorithm for days. For instance, black people are 10 times more likely to message white people than the other way around. And this all hints back to the shitstorm we are living in, where every day there's a new story of brutality and racism all around us. And obviously, none of this is new. It's just maybe a time when we're talking about it a lot, even when it comes to dating. Uh, So my name is Jordan, but my people call me Jay. At the time, I was dating a Belarusian woman. And her family did not like the idea of her dating a black man. And she was all for it. She was more than happy with who I was. But I was constantly hearing remarks from her parents about how she needs to find a nice Belarusian boy. And they were even suggesting people to her, despite the fact that I was right there. So now going forward, I have made it a point, like, I will be discussing how does their family feel about interracial dating if it is something that has to come up. Because I know now that that is not a flame I want to be against ever again. While Simone was vetting the database and Taji was casually swiping on the dating app, he took a vacation. Hey, what's up? This is Taji again. I'm hanging out in northern Peru right now, and I'm going to hand over the microphone, just, you know, let you introduce yourself. I couldn't let him entirely log off from our quest. So he asked his friend, who he was traveling with, for his advice on finding romance. Um, yeah, my name is Stefano Messinas. I think you need to be happy with yourself. Love yourself before you can love someone else. 
I think you just have to take it easy, be like more connected to you than ever before, to really be aware and awakened, um, to be able to connect with someone else and have a honest, transparent, healthy relationship, you know. Between Tinder and these voice memos from Peru, I did feel like I was starting to get to know Taji a lot more. And frankly, this mentality, look inward, focus on self-growth. It was quite helpful in combating my desire to beat myself up for not dating anyone new yet. When Taji touched down back in New York, Simone had some good news for us. Hi, it was, it's so nice to see you again. How was, how was your trip? She'd found him a match. Simone sent us all an email with photos and a bio on a woman we're going to call Lauren, since she wanted to remain relatively anonymous. Simone told us that Lauren was actually from her personal network, something matchmakers often do, reach out to friends or loose acquaintances to widen the pool. She didn't know Lauren well, but she thought of her immediately, asked if she was single, and then added her to the database to set them up. She's someone who also is very creative um, and sort of front-footed in, in her life. But also one of her ideals is that like her partner is working on something or editing something and she's writing and like you're spending time together but doing separate things or together. And, and I think Simone that- also told us she chose yeah. Lauren because she knew she was in a similar headspace as Taji. And she thought she would compliment him. Great. I would say one last thing. And... This is purely, this does not represent three-day rule in general, but just me at Simone as a matchmaker, is that I think it is very nice to pay on a first date. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, I usually always do that in that sort of circumstance for sure. Awesome. Taji, good luck. I'm so excited to hear how it goes. Thank you so much, Simone. I'm uh, super stoked. After the break, Taji goes on a date with Lauren. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A couple days after matching, Lauren and Taji started texting and picked a first date spot in Brooklyn, New York. My senior producer, Stephanie Karayuki, went to the date as well to help record in the background. Hello, it's me, Stephanie Karayuki. It's kind of a weird day for a first date, seeing as how they just 
overruled Roe v. Wade this morning. So the vibes are a little off. But the show must go on. Once again, 2022 reared its ugly face and women lost the right to control their own bodies on the morning of the date. And yet, love must prevail. The bar Lauren chose was so small that if it wasn't for the music bumping from the street side seating, anyone could easily walk past it. And that's where Steph K sat, right outside, while waiting to hand Lauren and Taji their lob mics. They were both late, but Taji got there first and strapped on his mic as Steph pressed record. She watched the receiver light up as he went inside and waited for Lauren. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. We've got to be careful with these things, huh? Sorry I'm so late. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. I was a little bit late, too. It's perfect. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, did you order already? No, I was waiting for you. It's That's all good, right. though. I was, like, just got here. Um, did you put your bag down? Or? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's chill. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, I can go order for us. Okay. What are you getting? I have no idea. What do you like to drink and eat? Um, I'm going to have a really hard drink because um, it's been a long day. Yeah, you should. But um, I kind of, I think I'm just going to get a mezcal Negroni. That sounds good. Um, and then, yeah, I'll figure out food later. Okay, cool. Mezcal Negroni. Yeah. All right, I'll be back. I'll be good. Okay. We have all been on, or at least seen, this date before. Taji and Lauren talking over each other, focusing on the immediate thing in front of them, the alcohol, and simply reacting to their surroundings. Yeah. What did you get? Um, some sort of, uh, like, vodka drink with, uh, like, lemon or something. Hell drink. yeah. Yeah. I hope it's not Russian. is good, though. Mezcal is sick. It's not a Moscow mule, though, that I got, unfortunately. Those are pretty good. Maybe I should have gotten that. Wait, Maybe next you... time. Not a Moscow mule. No, I no. Got, like a lemon thing. No, different. But those are cool. Mezcal? Negroni? Oh, I said Moscow mules are cool. But oh, yeah, me- but, super sick. But a Mezcal, a Mezcal mule would be cool, too. Yes, someone ordered that. I'm just kidding. Is that, that a thing? I, I just made that up. I was joking. A Mezcal mule? That's, like, actually a thing? Yeah, I can't hear a, a fucking thing? thing. Oh, sorry. As the night went on, they did get more comfortable. Okay, so then yeah, I no. go to fucking New Jersey. With a little bit of shit still in your shoe, potentially. No. <laughs> Probably not, but no. maybe. So then Roe v. Wade was overturned. Damn. Yeah. I don't think there's anywhere uh, worse to get that kind of news in New Jersey. <laughs> maybe Texas. True. <laughs> You're right. That was good. Damn. Uh, so how about you? How was your day? Um... My day was uh, equally hectic. It involved a lot of traveling as well. But the good news is I, at least not to my knowledge, did not step in shit. Okay. However, uh, <laughs> we only recorded the first 30 minutes of the date. It was a Friday night in Brooklyn. Taji and Lauren were surrounded by other possible romances. They'd moved on from the limited talk of alcohol and transportation, and so we were feeling good. Steph K told me when we stopped recording, she felt like a mom, dropping off her kids at school. She really felt like they were going to be okay. My first date with the guy who broke up with me and influenced this whole quest was, dare I admit, pretty similar. I bet if someone was recording the first half hour of our date, 
it would be full of small talk and stumbling over each other's words. But by the end, we shared a love of running and biking and an existential awe of how little time humans have been on Earth. I was smitten. And I hoped, despite the rocky start, Taji and Lauren would be too. It wasn't until we went out officially on our first date. And on our date, I'll never forget, we went and got Thai food. I was like, in my head, I was like, I don't want this to end ever. I'm going to marry this this woman, hopefully, if she'll say yes. And she did, thankfully. And um, in, in the course of building up to that, we talked about everything, like, what we want to do as far as like traveling, owning stuff, starting a family, you know, what are our life goals and supporting one another. And um, yeah, it's been awesome that nine years in, all those things still resonate. We're still doing that. A couple days after the first date, Simone called for the post-date feedback session. It was the first time I even got to hear how the rest of the date went. And let's be honest, this is a weird concept. Even just the word feedback next to date, it's all sorts of wrong. It just feels too formal and calculated and not romantic. But again, we are going for new and uncomfortable. So this is the process we signed up for. Taji, hey, um, so nice to see you again. Taji told Simone about the rest of the date. After they stopped recording and finishing their drinks, the night continued. They went to dinner and then to the water to watch the sunset. Awesome. So, Taji, I, I have notes and they were overwhelmingly positive from the night. She loved how you asked a lot of questions about her and that you sincerely seemed to want to get to know her. She also really loved how prompt you are uh, or were um, and that you handled some of the more awkward parts of the evening really well, like just sitting down to get drinks. And she said that you just took initiative and went and got drinks and like something as simple as that really like made a positive impact. Um, and it also made you seem more confident and kind of socially, uh, dexterous in the space. I also appreciated how sincerely you took my rules, but it sounds like you guys actually had an inside joke about like, (laughs) the matchmaking process so it put you it bonded you together and um and uh did you guys kiss <laughs> did she mention that yeah she told me that there was a little uh kiss at the end of the night <clears throat> uh yeah i guess so something like that awesome that cool. okay great so it sounds like it was a great date overall, and um, she genuinely said that she had a really great time. She thought you were super funny and that she had a super pleasant evening. Perfect. Yes. She described it actually in the text message as movie-like. I want to make that very clear. Lauren had sent him a text the next morning saying she was not interested in a second date. So there's a couple of things that I just wanted to tell you that I think might be useful to keep in mind. So she mentioned that at the beginning of the date, you seemed a little bit nervous and like not totally present. And uh, the other thing is that she felt like she said about 75% of the time you were really, really engaged and like asking her questions. But it felt like she said sometimes you were asking her things that were maybe a little bit general and that they weren't directly based on like follow-up questions to stories or things that she was sharing. But those were the only two... uh, things that she mentioned to me were like constructive criticism everything else was great yeah no i appreciate all of the feedback and i noticed those things you mentioned as well so it's good to Mm -hmm. think and reflect on that 
None of this feedback surprised me. But what felt refreshing is that he heard it at all. I mean, in a world of ghosting, it was nice to have some clarity. And it was clear that Simone wanted to talk to him again and keep working with him. They were a little team. And maybe if we had paid for it, Simone would have gotten a second chance. Awesome. Great. Well, thank that's you. it. Um, I, thank you so much for letting me be a part of it. And Taji, you were just like such a lovely person and very deserving of love. So I, <laughs> I hope that you find the right person soon. On the Monday after Simone's feedback and one month since we had started our quest, I went back to the beach to meet up with Taji. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. See Taji's water bottle and surfboard. So I know I'm here. <laughs> hey. Hello. How's it going? Sorry, Hi, Taji. No, you're good. I was uh, surfing earlier. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. You just got here though, right? Yeah, I just got here. You're good. Not waiting. I had more questions about the date and, frankly, the text. I am a huge anti-ghosting fan, so I wanted the details. You want me to read you the text message? Sure. I feel like she summed it up very well, the date. Okay. Taji, exclamation mark. I have to say that this was pretty much an iconic movie-like first date. I had so much fun with you. Another exclamation mark. And now in parentheses. And also, what a fun and weird adventure this was with the podcast. Another parentheses. <laughs> However, after some thought, I think at this particular point in time, it's not quite a romantic match, in quotations, for me. I genuinely think you are so fun and cool, and I wish only the best for you. Which is totally cool, you know? It just didn't quite line up. In the morning when you woke up, how were you feeling about the date? I thought it went pretty well. Um, and I was almost a little bit surprised at like the instant decision on... Um, not being a romantic match. Like, I guess you could say, you know, I could have gone either way on, like, <laughs> potentially, you know. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Sorry, I'm throwing <laughs> my uh, Reese's cup around the table nervously. Um, but yeah, I, I felt Taji's nerves. He was being incredibly vulnerable, and I think he liked her. But as we continued to talk, there were some things that he didn't love. For the most part, we were connecting, but at the same time, she was definitely a little bit distant at times. Like, I don't know, she had some sort of FaceTime she had to do, which mm. was like, I wasn't upset about it at all. She was very apologetic about it. She also wanted to say hi to someone who worked at a bar. So I just figured I would like hang out outside, you know, I just like chilled outside. I wasn't bummed though. I took it well. I was like fine with it, yeah. but it's still worth mentioning because we are mentioning just, I guess, what you know, yeah. went on on a date. Does it bum me out I probably did some annoying, I bet I did some annoying things. <laughs> I can't think of, but at least I didn't stop at any bars to say hi to any friends. Yeah. So how come that bothers you? It didn't really bother me, but I just feel like it's worth mentioning. Why is it worth mentioning? Because, um... I can say it would bum me out. I think I would want but you it to But it honestly didn't me. bum me out, but okay. it just seemed just like a little bit, just Chaotic. like... Maybe, yeah. Like, also, there was like a sunset happening that she had just mentioned before, wanting to catch the sunset. But now, all of a sudden, like, this mysterious, you know, bar friend is, you know, an important stop to make. You right. Know? But I'm, I'm just saying, like, I wasn't actually mad, but it's just, you know, something to note. 
Obviously, you can hear I was pushing Taji on this, because part of me figured he was doing the things we all do when we get rejected. Insist we are totally fine and try to rewire our brains to focus on the bad stuff. Also, Taji is a good guy, so I know he didn't want to drag Lauren on mic, but I did understand how Lauren taking a FaceTime or focusing on other friends would be a red flag for him. In one of our first conversations, Taji named one of his worst patterns in relationships as being distracted, and that that very behavior, quote, doomed him in the past. But of course, calling out Taji for being triggered could also be a projection. I've noticed myself doing it in the last couple of weeks, trying to not make the same mistakes as I get back out there. I've gone on a few dates, and it's hard not to compare the person or how I feel to the previous relationship. But I'm moving across the country in a month, so actually, I'm in this sort of liminal space that I recommend to everyone, where, because of the huge change on the horizon, a lot of the weight of my decisions has been lifted. I will figure out marriage and kids later. I would say after my experiences dating the last month, I certainly have learned to be more comfortable with myself and alone and um, that, you know, I shouldn't necessarily actively seek um, dates and that maybe one day the perfect date will come to me. But for now, um, I think it's just time to focus on myself. So that was the outcome for me. Um, yeah. I guess you could say unsuccessful. Well, no, no, no. I wouldn't say it's But it's still an experience. I'm not, like, upset. Yeah. But, but no, I mean, you could technically, if you had to say, you, you would say unsuccessful. <laughs> I mean, yes. If yes. we would say, if, if, the, if, you if had success to. is a second date, there will not be a second date. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yes. I don't think that that's what success is. About. I guess, yeah, it's learning what works for you. Yeah, and you're learning about and, yourself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No. Um, <laughs> that's success, Taji. Simone told us that this whole process is an art, not a science. So the fact that this didn't work out doesn't mean that matchmaking doesn't work. It does force you to be accountable since you are invested in the outcome both emotionally and financially. But that also means you have to be able to afford this service. It's expensive. And the people who you match with, they can pay for this experience. So actually, similar to dating apps, it creates an exclusive algorithm of people, and it can feel contrived. And so while it's nice to have a face to help you find love, the original sin is still there. It makes sense to me that Taji doesn't feel like matchmaking is for him. I think settling down right now for him means finding the right person to slow down with. To enjoy the mundane moments and to be present in the now with less fixation on the future. When we first asked Taji about kids, he said he needed to do some math and talk to some experts first because of a fear of climate change. And he has a point. But for me, I did surprisingly resonate with Simone because I do think I want something more traditional. A family and a house and, I don't know, two people holding hands while we die together in an old age home. And watching Taji date and be forced to answer these lightning round questions it did give me this peace of mind with my breakup, which is, I don't feel insecure for asking for a label anymore, for forcing the talk. I choose to believe the right person will find comfort in that conversation as well. I will find someone to move to the Midwest with, 
and raise trees. Thinking of you, Bernie. So what happens next for Taji? I'm just going to continue to live my life, and uh, after we're done with the recording, I'm going to just go about my ordinarily boring yet beautiful life and go into that backyard with my friends and do some grilling. We're in my backyard. This is where we grill and we chill. We've got a bunch of dogs and burgers on the grill and it's looking pretty good. It's almost ready. It's a beautiful day out here. We have birds chirping, got a blue sky. What more can you ask for? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This episode was reported and produced by Steph Brown and edited by Stephanie Kariuki. Special thanks to Taji Amin and to everyone who sent in a voice memo. Vice News Reports is produced by Sophie Kazis, Jen Kinney, and Adriana Tapia. Our senior producers are Jesse Alejandro Cuttrell, Julia Nutter, and Sam Greenspan. Our supervising producer is Ashley Cleek. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Evan Sutton, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Mixing by Evan Sutton. Our executive producers are Adiza Egan and Stephanie Kariuki. For Vice Audio, Annie Aviles is our executive editor, and Janet Lee is our senior production manager. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. I'm Ariel Zimros. I know podcast hosts say this all the time, but please take the time to rate and review this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, because it really does help other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. 